Hello, friends. Welcome to Manga University. Brought to you by the Tao of Otaku. I'm Ziki. And I'm Bill. And this is the podcast for manga and comic book creators and fans alike that want to dive deeper into the art of creating great stories. Today, we, we're venturing into new territory. We're venturing into the dark side, shall I say? Dark side. Okay, <laughs> we're talking about villains today. Hopefully we didn't get too carried away with our semantics, but we're talking about villains today. We've been doing a series of episodes about characters. We've spoken about protagonists, so your heroes, if you like, secondary characters, so your heroes, friends, and maybe some of his enemies. And now we're looking at villains, essentially the antithesis to your hero, their main. But as with all of our episodes in this series, we've been essentially trying to define what we mean by these terms. We know you guys probably have an idea of what they mean, but it's best to come up with some common ground and then go from there. So Bill, over to you. Oh, hectic, hot seat. Um, I would say that your villain slash antagonist is someone who either has a goal that is counter to the main characters or their goal is counter to the, the flow of the world. And therefore counter to the main characters. Oh, and, and therefore counter the main character. Because I think that's one thing that a lot of people miss. Sorry to, to just jump in here. Is oftentimes, you have an antagonist who, who can destroy millions of universes, but it doesn't have an impact unless we see the hero and the specific people he wants to protect. Obviously, he wants to stop the antagonist, to stop him from destroying the world, but really what's giving him strength are the people who he wants to protect. And it's that very, it's that smaller dynamic that actually makes all the difference. Just something I wanted to point out. And more so with the first example that I gave with counter to the main character's goals, which doesn't necessarily mean being a bad guy, because in the Death Note manga, Death Note, one of the titles that we've spoken about before, the antagonist there is a character known as L. And L is actually, by by all definitions, the good guy in the story. His moral code is closer to, well, we hope is closer to the readers, closer to the justice system that is implemented in the show and in our world where uh, Kira, the, the main character, the protagonist, is trying to kill off as many criminals as he can, which, although in his own twisted way is just, it's against the will of the world. And in that sense, it makes L the protagonist, even though, by definition, the roles are reversed. All right, I'm glad you brought up the example of light because I think it really illustrates the spectrum that we have when constructing the dynamic between your hero and your villain or your protagonist and your antagonist. So in the case of Death Note, what you have is a very thin line that separates the antagonist from the villain. In other words, when you watch Death Note, it's very difficult to say who is the true hero of this, this story because we take Light, for example. He's the central character through which we perceive this world. So we immediately identify with him and his intentions are very good. He's coming from a good place, but the way he executes his ambitions leave or are very questionable 
and inflict a lot of suffering and misery upon people. And Earl is trying to stop him. And in many ways, light is making the world a better place. It's just the means don't necessarily justify the ends. But because he's making the world a better place and Earl is trying to stop him, that creates a villainous nature to Earl, even though he's, he's also operating from a place that he feels is morally just. And it's almost impossible to separate who is really the protagonist, or not necessarily who's really the protagonist, but who is the hero and the villain. Lice is definitely the protagonist, but he's not necessarily the villain. Whereas on the other end of the spectrum, you can have a much clearer demarcation between hero and villain. A classic example is in comics, where you have Superman and Lex Luthor. Superman is, they call him the Boy Scout. He is, he is good by all reasonable definition. Although there are variations of this, typically Superman is good and he, and he operates through or subject to a very strict moral code, whereas Lex Luthor is, is evil. He might not necessarily think that he's evil, but the, the, the means through which he, he tries to, to achieve his goals inflict suffering and misery upon the world. It goes against the will of the world, as you mentioned, Bill. And so with Superman and Lex Luthor, you have a very clear distinction between who is hero and who is villain. And that's on the other end of the spectrum. Definitely one of the greatest story writing abilities that I see in manga, comics, and writing in general is that let, let your author, I mean, let your, let your audience perceive the, the antagonist as a bad guy. Because by all reasonable definitions, they are a bad guy. They are in, insinuating mass murder. They, they've killed their best friend or whatnot. But when you dive deeper into the psychosis and the, the reasons behind why they do what they do, it's never clear cut. Like, unlike with Superman, where you, you have an understanding that he's good, bottom line, yes, he can be pushed to question these things. But on the other side, it's a lot more gray than it is black and white. Because real villains are good people who had one too many bad days. And you see this with a lot of stories, in a lot of comic book stories. Even the Joker was just a regular person before he had one too many bad days. And now he's the most maniacal, criminally, criminally insane person that you could ever come across in storytelling. And I think that aspect of depth in your villain is very important. And speaking to the point that the villain is just a normal guy that simply had one too many bad days, I think that it creates a really interesting dynamic you can play with where the villain and the hero are simply two sides of the same coin. If we refer back to the example of Batman and the Joker, you're never confused as to who the hero or the villain is in the traditional iteration of Batman v Joker. However, you still get the sense that these characters are closer than they should be, that Batman had circumstances been different Maybe he could have been the Joker or even vice versa. You know, I was listening to a really, really interesting lecture by a psychology professor who was deconstructing Nazi Germany using Breaking Bad as an example. And with Breaking Bad, essentially what happens is you have Walter White, a normal man 
who is thrust into abnormal circumstances. And this brings out the monster within. And he was likening that to Nazi Germany, where the, the, the atrocities escalated. It, it, it started off with rounding people up, but eventually as the situation became more and more abnormal, it unleashed the, the hidden monster within us. And I think that that's how to construct a really compelling villain is showing, is showing the audience that this used to be a normal person, but there was a monster within him, a monster that perhaps is within all of us. And a point that just jumped out at me when you were speaking was that a conversation that I had a couple of times with um, some nerd geek friends of mine is that Batman, The Flash, and pretty much any classic um, superhero, they all have villain origin stories. Um, and while we're speaking about Batman, in case we just go throughout the whole DC roster, Batman's parents were shot and murdered in front of him, um, pretty much killing off his entire family. And all he has left is money in a crime-ridden city. Um, he could have very much just gone off the rails at that point. Um, that would have been him becoming a different kind of Batman or just a crime boss in his own right. But a lot of the time, the thing that demarcates a hero and a villain is that choice between when I do have a bad day, which way do I go? And although it's a very difficult choice to make in real life, the reason why we have these fantasy comics is to illustrate what, what can happen and what should we do in these situations? And man, I'm feeling like emotional right now, man. Like this is so deep. Yes, this conversation is definitely taking a very profound turn that I didn't expect, but it's great because I think it highlights the importance of storytelling. Ultimately, this is exploring human nature and philosophy through sequential art. And why I think heroes are so inspirational is because they show us that in spite of harsh circumstances, it is possible to be better. It is possible to still be good. And the villain shows us how it can all go wrong and, and the monster that, that awaits should we make the wrong choices. But we've spoken a lot about hero-villain dynamics, and I want to change gears a bit and focus solely on the villain. What are some of the key components that writers should consider when constructing a compelling antagonist? Some of the ingredients that you need to make a villain are definitely everything that you need to make a hero, but twisted in a sort of way. Where your hero needs to be relatable, have a, an identity, have a goal, um, your antagonist needs those three things. Um, nobody would ever relate to uh, a story where the hero has to go fight off uh, a mass of darkness because you can't relate to the darkness you don't know its intentions it's not it's not something that you can connect with um, and balance out the conflict in your own mind um, because often when we when we see the the protagonist and the antagonist clash it's it's also a clash of ideals and that's moving on to the point of the, the antagonist having a goal. Um, 
back in the day, you could just say they want to take over the world. But as writing has become more complex and intricate, we, we need the, the villain to be, to be at a point in their um, mental state where it's not just about world domination, because that doesn't make sense. Um, Rachel Ghoul is a really good example here from the Batman series where he doesn't necessarily want to take over the world, but he's an eco-terrorist. He wants to protect the world. And the way he goes about it is just wrong, making him a villain. Um, and the last point is that the, the antagonist has to be intricate in their own way. Um, you have to be able to tell the story of the, the antagonist to the same level of depth that you could tell the story that you're telling with your protagonist. A comic that springs to mind is the uh, Vader comic that's being written by Marvel, I believe. Yes, I 100% agree with you. I think Vader is a great example because as much as I don't like the Star Wars prequels, at least we understand why Vader is the villain that he is today or, or in that particular world. And, and I think that that is it, you know, you, you can't have the black mass without this ounce of humanity. We, we need to be able to understand what makes the villain tick, even if we don't fully relate with them. However, I think you can pull off a black mass if you understand what kind of story you're trying to tell. For example, with thrillers or horrors, you can have villains that are just purely evil in, in the context of the, the film or the story. A perfect example is the Terminator from the first Terminator film. And in fact, all of the villainous Terminators in all the Terminator films, they're, they're literally cold-hearted killing machines. They are robots programmed to do one thing, kill Sarah Connor, and then later on kill John Connor as well. And the reason why I think it works so well is because the writer knows the genres. It's, it's a thriller, so it's not so much about the villain and their plans, but more so as to how the people of the world react to said villain. The Terminator comes into the world and he creates mayhem. And there's this constant sense of dread and anxiety that you feel for all of the, the, the characters versus something like Death Note that we spoke about earlier, which is more of a, a philosophical exploration as to what it means to be a hero, what justice means and then there's this sort of chess match dynamic and mirroring between the the hero and the villain with with these kind of horrors and and, and thrillers you don't really have that other interesting examples include attack on titan as well which is less so about a particular individual or antagonist rather than an antagonistic force you know you liken this black mass to a to a natural disaster and that's what the the, the titans are you you can't really yes you, you you want you maybe you want Aaron to kill all of them but you can't really hate the, the 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 Titans because they're not human they don't really stand for for anything and 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 so that's one way you can have a, a villain that is that is all bad but then you then have to the onus is then on your characters it then becomes about the characters and 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 how they react to to said villain but. I want to switch gears because we're coming up to time now and I think we'd be completely remiss if 
we did an episode about villains and neither of us mentioned our favorite villains. So Bill, you jump in the hot seat first. Tell me one of your favorite villains of all time. Mandark from Dexter's Lab, actually. Um, I don't know if this is self-explanatory, but I guess I'll explain. In Please do. <laughs> in these adventure sort of fantasy um, action titles, one of the biggest things, and it's not, it's not usually your main antagonist, this is usually your recurring antagonist, they have powers or equipment or abilities that are on par or equal to um, your main characters. So the challenge is overcoming yourself. Like that's the, that's the lesson. Um, in Iron Man, it's when, the, when someone else gets an Iron Man suit or something. Um, in Doctor Strange, it's when you meet another Sorcerer Supreme or something like that. It's when, an equit- when, you, when your main character meets an equitable force. It's not uh, a power struggle physically, it's now an ideal struggle of overcoming uh, one's own limitations. Um, and in this sense, Dexter and Mandark are equally smart. They equally have labs of their own and they are both boy geniuses. And their struggle is eternal. Um, but I feel in that way, the blend between um, your shows, your show or your story's antagonist and the rival character is, it's blurry. And I sort of like that um, because not always will you have like a big bad villain. As, as Saki said earlier on, uh, you may not, you may be writing a slice of life. Um, your villain will take a, a different shape or form. And that for me is Mandark. I like it. I like it. It's, it's, it was really cool to hear an example that's a bit from left field because people usually go for the usual suspects. So, so really, 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 really cool. I like, I like that you've brought up Mandark. But I'm going to jump on the hot seat now and I'm going to use an example from Manga since we went a little bit left field with, with your example, Bill. And before I do, I want to predicate this with the way we perceive villains. You know, one thing that I found really eye-opening about manga is the way they make us actually really, really admire villains. When I think of Madara Uchiha from Naruto, the number of people who just admire his... his he's so cool. He, he's such a cool person. The number of people who are like, oh my god, Madara is my favorite character in Naruto. Like, the fact that the villain is your favorite character is kind of cool in the way that the author can write this character in a way that you, you, you have such admiration for them. But I think doing the opposite is equally as effective, if not even more effective. Because the problem is if you like the villain too much, then, then when they get defeated, you're, you're not quite as, as happy. And, and, and I think that villains that we despise are, are also an interesting way of approaching the, the perfect antagonist. And so I, I don't want to say my favorite villain. I want to say the villain I despise the most. And this is the villain from Berserk. Now, spoiler alert, because it's, it's a twist when we find out this particular character is a villain. So you might want to fast forward maybe two or three minutes. All right. Now that you've been warned, I'm going to say that the villain I despise the most is Griffiths from Berserk. Because he typifies everything that I despise in not only myself, but, but in humanity. He typifies the worst of human nature. You know, I was reading this book 
pulled, mistakes were made, but but not by me. And it's, it, it talks about this concept of responsibility and how and how bad people have have this inability to to accept responsibility for their actions, and so they blame others and they make them suffer for their own mistakes. And this is this Griffith typifies this. He 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 he's he's a kind, he's the character. What he did in the show, I, I wouldn't say more in case you, you 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 persevered despite the spoiler warning. But what he's done is that he's he's made mistakes and he's made other people pay for his mistakes and. That is somewhat understandable, but the, the result of his action leads to so much pain and bloodshed, and, and there is no remorse on his side. In fact, he, he seems to revel in it, and then he does something that inflicts needless suffering on the characters around us. So, okay, fine, you made a mistake, you've made people suffer to pay for it, but now you are, you are adding unnecessary pain to to or you you're inflicting further misery that 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 doesn't really truly benefit you or anyone to to any extent and I, and I think that's that's typical of of certain villains and and I think that's what makes you despise certain characters is when they 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 cross the line needlessly and 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 that's why that's truly why I I, I truly despise Griffiths his inability to take responsibility the fact that he inflicts so much suffering and the fact that he goes beyond inflicting suffering and inflicts needless suffering and I think that that is and and, and also the fact that he's willing to use others to to meet his own ambitions I think that that is what separates hero, heroes from villains as heroes sacrifice themselves villains sacrifice others but in any case. I think we need to round up for today. So why don't we start with, or why don't we finish off with our manga of the week? And I'm going to nominate Berserk because not only is Griffiths a great example of a villain that you will despise, I think all of the villains in Berserk are fantastic villains because they follow this 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 uh, framework they're called apostles, and each of them are they, they they encapsulate all of the spectrums of villains that that we that we've discussed today. So the black mass that is essentially just a killing machine that inflicts suffering to the extremely relatable and, and and sometimes even likable character, because all of the apostles are monsters that used to be human beings, and so watching them transition from human to monster allows you to see all of the all of the the, the cycles or all of the pages in the villain's journey as it may be so check out berserk guys by kentaro mura it is it is it's, it's amazing i'll say it's my top five one of my top five mangas but i've been talking for too much so bill why don't you give us a writing prompt and then we'll call it a day oh you know man we've spoken about a lot today i think writing prompt wise help me out here but i think come up with okay with let a, me I, a, a, yeah, yeah, you go, you go, you do it. <laughs> okay, so we're back with me. Uh, so for the writing prompt, I think what we should do is I want you to, if you have a story and you have a story synopsis, in fact, you can do this if you, even if you haven't written a story, look at the synopsis of any story, Naruto, Bleach, whatever, and rewrite the synopsis as though the main villain of said story was writing the synopsis. So what would the synopsis of Naruto look like if 
Madara was writing the synopsis. What would the synopsis of Bleach look like if Aizen was writing the synopsis? What would the synopsis of Star Wars look like if Darth Vader or maybe even Palpatine was writing the synopsis? Go ahead and give that a shot. I swear you don't come up with these writing prompts on the fly. No. <laughs> I them written I down I somewhere. I saw it. No, I, I think I went to rising school, so I, I got given loads and loads of writing prompts. So you just internalize these things and then you're able to be like, oh, that was a really good one. I, I had a lot of fun doing that one. So, yeah. Hectic. Okay. <laughs> All right, brilliant, guys. Well, if you enjoyed the show, then be sure to say hi to us on... Actually, no, no, no. Uh, what I wanted to... My call to action for today, guys, is if you didn't realize, we also have a YouTube channel as well. As you can imagine, comics are a visual medium, and so it's, important, it's very important that we can also go into some of these topics using the using the aid of, of video because it helps us convey a lot more information so we have a youtube channel we've put a link in the description but if you just search manga university on youtube then you'll find us and yeah that's more or less it so check out our youtube channel leave a rating and review as always and otherwise always feel free to say hi to us in any way you like thank you very much for listening to us this is the conclusion of our second arc the next arc of the story, in fact, it won't really be an arc. It'll be a little bit of a, I don't want to call them, call them fillers, but standalone topics, essentially, starting with so world building. No. Filler, but great. You know, there's some really, really awesome fillers. <clears throat> One Piece. Mm. Please don't lie to people. Please, please don't lie to people. Uh, yeah, okay, world building. I'm keen, you're keen. See you guys next week.